Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners. Hey, girl. What are we talking about tonight? <laughs> You're not nearly high enough. Okay. So that was a revisit to an old bit of me imitating other podcasters on the intro. And that one was True Crime Obsessed, with which Jen wants me to go to a show with her to see live. And so I've been listening to them. And they're... You didn't give me the opportunity to be Jillian. Okay, hey let girl. me do it. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> so this is Jen. You're way too squeaky for Patrick. I, I, I haven't nailed it yet, but <laughs> one of the Patrick is one of the two podcasters for this podcast. And it's a very popular podcast. I mean, they, they tour nationwide and I think mm-hmm. sell out audiences and such. And it's one of Jen's favorite podcasts. But the male of the of the group is has a very high pitched voice at times. He, they're always calling each other girl, him mm-hmm. and the woman. What's her Jillian. name? Jillian. I'm sorry, and you listen to how many you don't know her name. <laughs> they don't say her name as much as they say his. I, but yeah, you're right. I probably should know hers by now. And he also laughs a lot, which I pointed out to Jen, and that was a glass shattering moment yeah, because now really she can't not hear it. Me. Which I knew. Like they they bring it up in their reviews. Like they know you know they. They're not for everyone, and they know that. I'm but. enjoying... They're, they're a good duo. I mean, they tell... They unfold the story in an interesting way, which mm-hmm. I enjoy. Yes, there there are some mannerisms that aren't great for my ears, but at the same time, <laughs> I am enjoying the content. Right. So it's... For anybody that doesn't know True Crime Obsessed, it's a, formatted similarly to us in that like they take a true crime documentary and recap it, like we recap episodes yeah. of... How I Met Your Mother. So it's right in our wheelhouse of things we obviously enjoy. So hey, girl, what are we talking about tonight? Hey, girl, we're talking about season four, episode 11, Little Minnesota. Okay. To get started, I have to point out one thing to shame Jen. (laughs) I was listening to an old episode of ours the other day, which was... Oh, now now I can't remember it. Your story has holes already. (laughs) I don't know why I'm forgetting it at this point. But in it, she is... I forget what we were talking about, but she felt the need to explain to people that might not have listened to the previous episodes and said that, you know, it's... Obviously, people might start on this episode, so I should tell the backstory of this from the other episodes, which was her admitting that people might not start at the beginning every time. Well, but I feel like you need to put this in more context. Was this season one? Like, I, I still... I'm a little hesitant. No, no, no. are going to jump right into You're season exposed. four. You're exposed. These are the two faces of Jen Runkle. <sighs> Whatever. I don't ever have any consistency, so it's fine. What were we watching where we saw someone mentioned the band 88, and we were wondering, is that the same 88? The 88 is who does the theme song to Community. Okay. I was wondering if that was the same 88 as in the prom episode. Mm-hmm. And so I looked back at it, and they were actually called The 88. Hmm. Which is different. I th- no, or, or the, the I'm sorry, the one that does the theme song is The 88, and okay. they were The 88s or 88s. And so I looked at the IMDB for the episode, and it doesn't even mention them. And then I looked at the 88 and on IMDb to see if that band had been on, had anything to do with How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. So the band on... It's very confusing. Yeah, the band on that episode was fictional. There is a band called The 88, and they do the theme song for Community, amongst other things. Yes, which is a really good song. 
Well, so it's interesting, because um, I did a rewatch of Community, like, back when COVID had first hit, and now Steve and I are doing a rewatch of Community together. But when I was doing it last year, they played the whole theme song every single episode, and I noticed it doesn't do it at all when we watch it. It just plays the last, you know, 10 seconds of it. But anyways... We got another email from Danielle about last week's The Fight. She had already sent one that I read at the end of that episode recap, and she sent another one and didn't acknowledge the first one, so I'm just wondering, maybe she forgot or whatever, but I shall read it because it is not the same message as the first one. Danielle writes, Hey guys, not to be negative, but I wasn't a fan of Doug, and I'm happy he was a one-off. He had too much angry energy. Yeah, he was, get it. he was a bit spastic. Though it was kind of funny how they retconned him in. <laughs> it was an okay episode with a sweet ending. I'm glad Barney and Ted didn't get into any real trouble. But she's really invested in the stories that go on here. I mean, that's why she writes into a podcast about oh, it. Oh, <laughs> very true. Robin fawning over all the guys was funny, but the best joke had to be when Wendy, the waitress, told Ted she was coming back with a menu. Yeah, we like that. Yep. I didn't really have a worse joke, but I guess it would be Doug saying that the three of them beat those guys up. Oh, BT dubs, I dye my hair too. Though, just the ends and not, and just green because it's my favorite color. Ooh, I want to see what that looks like. So, Danielle, if you're comfortable, send a picture. I like won't share it. I just want to see what it looks like. And then she asks, what color do you think looked best on you? On me? I like when Jen goes red. And I am currently red. So I think my favorite was a few years ago when I did, like, a dark red Lily-esque, like, Lily season two. And I've been trying to get back to that color, and nobody can quite nail it again. It always ends up either a little bit too light, or this one's a little too bright. And I think I'd like it when you're more of a neutral or lighter red. Interesting. Than the dark red. But you look great no matter what. Thanks. I'm actually dyeing it again next week, so we'll see what I come up with. Little Minnesota. Preliminary thoughts. I really liked it. It was enjoyable. I didn't have any complaints about it. I'm having trouble with it. Really? It was funny. The storylines were kind of... I guess this was sort of a bottle episode. It didn't move the plot at all. Right. And so it was one of those episodes that didn't take us anywhere. The storylines... that's the definition of a bottle episode, though. Oh, well, I thought a bottle episode is, like, one that stands on its own where... No, bottle episode's typically, like, just in one location. And from what I have, I can't remember if I read or heard on another podcast, it's kind of, like, a way for a show to save money of, like, you don't have to do a bunch of different locations. Okay. I thought it was just, this is an isolated story that really has nothing to do with the overall plot of our show. We could Google and find out. Yeah, maybe later. But neither of these stories, they were so, both the stories were sort of dead ends, I found. Like, we never mm-hmm. see Heather again. Right. Yeah, I'm and I was going to talk about that as yeah, we get to the end of the episode. They never go to this bar again. And it's never mentioned again. <laughs> right. It's something that just kind of stuck in that it stands alone and it, it doesn't have anything to do with anything else in the show. I'm not mad about it. What I, I will it. say is I almost couldn't find, in fact, I couldn't find worse joke. Yeah, me either. I found one that didn't do it for me, but it wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, it wasn't one cringy. that if I have to pick, I'm like, okay, yeah, that. But yeah, it, it was. It took me a while to get there. Yeah, so I think that's the mark of a good episode. Okay, let's start from the beginning. Right. We're at McLaren's. 
Ted mentions how cold it is out there. Robin's coming in without a coat on. This must be kind of the dead of winter, if you will. Mm-hmm. Robin mentions, you know, she's Canadian. She doesn't need a coat. And her and Marshall are kind of bonding on this fact that neither of them are dependent on coats in the winter. This is kind of new. We, I don't think we hear of this again, or we, maybe we need to pay attention that during the winter season. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if the, this comes back at all. But yeah, cause since Marshall's from Minnesota, he also you know, isn't really impacted by the cold. There's a commentary about how Minnesota's pretty much all white people except for Prince. I, I guess maybe I didn't care for that joke that much. Yeah, and one of the trivias that I read, it said it may have been kind of like based off of a Chris Rock joke that he had made once saying the only black people in Minnesota were Prince and Kirby Puckett. Mm-hmm. Well, the black, you know, certainly the black community in Minnesota has become much more pronounced with you know, the incident that happened there. Right. So now we know much better. But yeah, I, that's true. I so yeah, I guess in retrospect that did not age well. Yeah, I don't think it was offensive. No, I think if you think of Minnesota traditionally, you're thinking of it as a very white Midwest state. Is it Midwest? Is it yeah. the north to be Midwest? No, they consider that the Midwest. Ted explains that his sister just got on a plane an hour ago, and he refers to her as Hurricane Heather. Yeah, Ted is very judgy about his sister this episode. <laughs> Well, based on her past, I don't blame him. Right. And I guess, I mean, I think we've heard him mention her once before. So we haven't gotten a ton of background on on Heather before. Lily has become Heather's advocate this entire episode. Mm -hmm. And Ted says, well, here's the back of Heather's baseball card. Do you get what that means? Yes. Baseball cards had stats on the back. Exactly. Very well. You forget I used to be a tomboy. I didn't think you would ever collect baseball cards, though. I have them. They're in our basement. What? Yeah. No, I had no clue. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Well, it took her six years to graduate from three different different colleges. Did she graduate from three different colleges? She no, went think, to three yeah, different colleges. Yeah, the, the writing on that was clunky. I, I, I thought about that for a second. I was like, so she went to three different colleges. She didn't graduate. Like, cause, yeah, if you graduate from three different colleges in three years, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, in six years. Sorry, yes. <laughs> She wrecked two cars during that time, got married for five days. And this is actually something that was referenced earlier when James was getting married, that right. Ted referred to his sister's fiancé. Yeah, I forget right. what this... Or his sister's wedding or something. He wasn't happy about her, his sister getting married to this guy, but he, it was the way he went about it where things worked out for the best. I can't remember how, what the details were around that. At any rate, we were wondering, did, did we know that she was ever married? And Right. So, yeah, maybe they... We can close <laughs> the loop on that one. Maybe they put that in just since it had been mentioned before. I kind of like that she lived in a tree for nine weeks, only realized that no one had any intention of cutting it down. Nine weeks seems excessive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially for someone that doesn't stick to things very well. Right. And she's moving to New York, or she says she is. Yeah, Ted doesn't believe it. She doesn't follow through with things. She was once going to transfer to NYU on the day of her admissions interview, and we get a flashback of him calling her, wondering where his couch and TV are. She's crowd surfing at a Nine Inch Nails concert that is in Spain somewhere. (laughs) It's weird. Ted says the TV alone is worth two grand. What kind of TV was worth two grand? And in what universe would Ted have been able to afford or buy a TV worth two grand? That is an excellent question. So this is 2008? 
2008. I think by that time we it was the big screen TVs. Yeah. And I don't. I thought they were like about at, at most maybe about 1,200 around that time. Not two grand. I mean, you can get TVs for like five grand right now. I'm pretty sure. So I'm sure. okay. Yeah. Depends Seems how unlikely, but we'll. High def you want them to be. We'll let that go. It's weird that she's crowd surfing, although not moving. She's just kind of <laughs> laying on top of the crowd, which is not really how it works. <laughs> right. And then we get, yeah, then we get the reveal that, you know, she's in Spain because yeah, the TV was worth so much. I don't blame Ted for his reticence about supporting her. <laughs> After that. They're, they're, yeah, she's, she's a train wreck. She'd have, a, she'd have to go a lot further to prove any sort of responsibility, especially after shoplifting. But we'll get there. Yeah. And he just says, yeah, a few years back. So we don't know how long ago it was. Ted's getting calls from Barney. Ted's trying to avoid Barney because he does not want Barney to meet his sister. And then... <laughs> For a valid reason, every year when the Mosby family Christmas card comes in, Barney has a different song to sing about how much he wants to bang Ted's sister. <laughs> Which is... Really well done. It's I enjoyed so all of these. And then the last one that was the Hanukkah song. <laughs> His dancing's really good at the end. Sister, sister, sister. Right, can we play a clip of that? Is that possible for you to, to put in? It's just so good. <laughs> well, we'll see. I feel like we can't do it any justice. No. I, I don't want to sing these. They're really right. good. <laughs> Barney keeps calling. He wants to know. Ted eventually answers. Barney wants to know what's going on tonight. I like that he says they're going to Marshall and Lily's for a Kathy Bates movie marathon, but not Misery. I don't know that I can even think of a single Kathy Bates movie outside of Misery. Uh, fried Green Tomatoes. Never seen it. Cl- uh, Dolores Claiborne. And Never I, seen There's it. no way you would have seen that. That <laughs> one was a bummer. There's a, I, I could, I could, those are the ones where she was kind of the star. I could name probably about 10 to 20 and she was more. she wasn't Titanic. Yeah, I can name about 10 to 20 more where she wasn't the star, but she it was Ooh, prominent. Remember we used to play that game? Oh, name 20 movies somebody's in? Yeah. Yeah, I'd have Jen name an actor or an actress, and I'd have to name 20 movies there. And I was pretty good at it. Sometimes we'd work together. I think, was it sometimes a bar game when we got bored at a bar mm-hmm. and we weren't drunk enough to just be enjoying sitting there? Yep. I remember <laughs> Or we'd days. be fairly drunk and it would be entertaining. <laughs> Jen and I used to sit at a bar, our favorite bar, and when we'd get really drunk, we'd start to look at each other and see who could go the longest without smiling. <laughs> Which sounds idiotic, but then everyone around us got in on it. Yeah, it would suck. Like other strangers in. would would join mm-hmm. in. The bartender would be doing it with yep. us. And he so stupid. He was dead in the soul, so he was able to do it for eternity. And he had eyebrows like an owl, so it <laughs> really would make you laugh. Oh, this this was yeah pre kid days. Barney hangs up after the Kathy Bates <laughs> comment. Heather comes in. I guess she had moved back home with her mom and Clint. Although they don't mention Clint, surprisingly. This, is, this would have been a good opportunity for a Clint joke of some sort. Yeah, that's true. There's some commentary about an older woman that apparently Ted was peeping on as he was growing <laughs> up. And she's, even in her 60s, still perky. So I think of this all the time when I'm getting changed in our room. Like if I happen to leave the blinds open. Because I always open them so we can get natural light in the room and then I come back and they're closed because right. they've been changing. And I tell you, they can't see in. And so every once in a while I'll change when it, yeah, the window's open and every single time I do, I think of this scene mm-hmm. where I'm like, who am I corrupting? <laughs> I think their kids are really young behind us. They're like two and four. 
Right. I'm sure nobody, like, as you said, like nobody can actually see it and we're not like that close to other houses. But, but you just, you're wondering if you're eventually going to be the, someone's Mrs. Gottwald. Exactly. <laughs> like this literally goes through my brain at least once a week. <laughs> and you think of this exact scene you're yes. saying? Okay. <laughs> yes, this very specific one. <laughs> <laughs> as they're walking into the apartment having this conversation about Ms. Gal- Mrs. Gottwald, Barney's there and he's swiveling around in a chair, which I actually did to Jen today. <laughs> did you do it because of this, or was that I don't? I think it was coincidental. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. But I did already put this script together, oh, so okay. yeah, maybe I maybe it was, it was just fresh on my mind. <laughs> yes, I came home from dropping Tyler off at camp. <laughs> Steve swivels around to greet me in my office. Yes, with my legs with chair. my legs crossed and my fingers <laughs> folded over one another. I should have had a drink of some sort. And you should have had a bunny. <laughs> Did he have a bunny? Not in this episode. Okay. But I feel like in a different episode, there's a bunny. That sounds right. <laughs> Barney's been that bunny that's in our yard. Barney's been waiting for them. Ted points out. Wait a second. That's not our chair. Did you bring your own chair? <laughs> I needed one that swivels. And then he introduces himself very seductively to Heather, who looks enchanted. Interested? Yeah, enchanted by him. Definitely. He goes Heather Mosby, Barney Stinson. Ted wants to know how he knew she was coming into town. It turns out Lily can't keep secrets on Christmas. And this just becomes a general characteristic of hers that she can't keep secrets right now. It's mm-hmm. just around Christmas. So they're introducing this concept to us, although they carry on with it just as a general character trait of hers. Although she is especially bad in this one. We haven't seen this from her before? I don't think so. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Turns out Robin's going to give Ted an iPod for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Barney and Ted go to chat in the kitchen. Barney wants to know why Ted's been hiding his sister from him all these years. Ted's got a good line that, <laughs> right. can you blame me? You're the weird Al Yankovic if he only wrote Christmas songs about banging my sister. <laughs> Which flatters Barney. Right. And it's a good joke. Apparently, according to Barney, a bro can joke about another bro's sister. But he's never going to act on it. And Ted just kind of goes, you know, over that he's the big brother. He's got to protect her from guys like Barney. Barney, offended, says, you don't trust me. Ted doesn't trust her either. So Barney's going to take his chair and go. <laughs> very slowly yeah. starts to walk away. Because obviously, then, like, their kitchen's very small. <laughs> you get a deadpan, wait, stop, come back, which Barney accepts. Right. And eagerly responds to. Yeah, so Ted invites him to join... Lily, Heather, and himself for dinner on Sunday. And Barney's already added himself (laughs) to their list uh, at Hurley's. We get a scene of Marshall and Robin walking down the street. I I feel like this is the first duo scene with the two of them. It may be the only one. (laughs) We get them together pretty soon in a couple episodes where they're in the car together. and Oh, the robot? Yeah, he's trying to get to the airport. But it's snowing and they're going to get... Blocked in by a... The snowplow. Yeah. Right. So there's that one. and Hard to say for the future. I think... I almost feel like there's one with the manatees and... The mermaids. Yeah. And so that's what I was saying. Is like, you know, in that mermaid-manatee episode, it comes up that like Marshall and Robin never spend time together. And I think they do in that episode as well. And that's why he's starting to see her maybe as a mermaid, and that worries him. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they're walking down the street. They're, she's going over how homesick she is. Marshall says that when he gets homesick from Minnesota, he goes into the wall-eyed saloon. 
which is uh, where we get the little Minnesota. It's like a little Minnesota there. So he's taken in there to make her feel less homesick because it's, you know, the great north, you know, yeah, Canada, it's close. Minnesota. <laughs> everyone yells Marshall when he comes in. Right. He, he introduces Robin. Everyone, everyone yells Robin. <laughs> right. And then he's like, all right, go back to drinking. Drinking. He starts conversing with the bartender. Bartender's got a little hitch in his giddy up. Apparently, he played hockey, tore something in his knee. And then we get a setup of a conversation just so that Robin can be impressed that these guys are tough, real men, as opposed to New Yorkers and who are like 10% girl. Which I like, she's like, Did you go to the hospital? I just poured some beer on it. Yeah. <laughs> as she's talking about how guys in New York are like 10% girl, they do an immediate cut to Barney. <laughs> who's right. ordering Vichy Soir and... With a side of creme fraiche. Too much dairy and he tends to bloat. Now, what is this dish? Do you have any idea what this is? I've always known Vichy Soir as a soup with, like, I think it's... No. I, my mom used to make it, but I just can't remember. I feel like it's oh. got something to do with fish. Fancy. Like when I was a kid, she would make it. So Vichy Soir, it's a chilled potato leek soup. So it's more of a potato soup, but it's served cold, apparently. Actually, sounds pretty good. Yeah, it does. You should add that to your summer soup rotation. Perhaps. Heather found an apartment. She's hoping that Ted will co-sign the lease. Which is a huge ask. Yeah, especially with her history. Person. And there's a good back and forth of, you want to do this with me? Do you want to be Barney or Ted? Sure, I'll be Barney. Okay. Let me think about it. That means he's not going to do it. And Ted goes, let's talk about this later, okay? Don't hold your breath. You're my sister. Now he's just stating a fact. <laughs> <laughs> really good exchange. Yep, very funny. And all of a sudden she's interested in a career or serious in a career in finance? I mean, who knows? Maybe that's what she went to school for. Ted says it's tough to make it in New York, but Barney then intercedes. And slyly says, you know, maybe Ted knows someone that works at Goliath National Bank who can introduce her. To someone. And then Barney gives her his card. We're back at the Walleye Saloon. And the bartender's bringing them Bemidji Pale Ales. That becomes important. And then mini burgers, which turn out to be giant burgers. <laughs> These mini burgers are humongous. They're like the size of Robin's a, head. They're the size of a regular burger, but there's you know six of them on the plate or something. Oh, they look as, though they were, as though they were supposed to be sliders. <laughs> right. Robin notices the Game Fisherman's Quest, which I don't think is a real game. But it is like one of those games that you see at bars or in an arcade or in a kid's play facility where it's shooting deer mm-hmm. or some sort of hunting or gaming yeah. activity. I don't think I've ever seen one that's for fishing, but that's yeah. what it makes me think of. Right. So Marshall has the high score. He caught a 35-inch northern pike which is the biggest video fish anyone's ever reeled in. Freshwater. <laughs> Marshall goes to reach for one of Robin's burgers. She slaps his hand. <laughs> I'm surprised that he would eat one of these burgers because we've already had the best burger in New York where he wouldn't eat any other burgers. That's true. That's but maybe now that he knows where it is again, he's not as picky since he can just go there whenever he wants. I'll accept that. She says, tip of the angler's cap, my friend. She's very appreciative of him bringing, there, bringing her there. Yeah, she enjoys it. Now we're at Hurley's, and Ted's 
communicating to Lily that it's really not a good idea to put Barney and Heather together in his office. Lily's sticking up for her again. Ted then points out that we're talking about a girl who was busted for shoplifting eight months ago. Yeah, that's not great. Turns out Lily also has a shoplifting uh, issue. That kind of just gets brushed to the side. We don't really explore that. I was a bit of a shoplifter as a kid. Never as an adult. Maybe between the ages of 11 and 13, me and my friends were really obnoxious shoplifters. Comic books. Terrible. I was Terrible once, influence. I was once with a buddy, and we would go to a big department store. It wasn't Macy's, but it was Macy's-like. I think it was called Woody's, which was, really I think, an offshoot of Woodworth and Lothrop's. Yeah, Woody's isn't around anymore. But we'd go in there, and sometimes we'd steal clothes, but I remember once he unplugged a sample mini TV and just walked out with it. (laughs) Walked all the way through the store with it and walked out. And then maybe a month later, him and I went back and he wanted to steal a phone that was in the box still. And so he grabbed it and I wasn't really excited about this. So I kept my distance from him. Although, you know, I probably was walking about 50 feet behind him just because I didn't want to be associated with what he was doing that time. It was a little little too brazen. Mm-hmm. And I get to the bottom. He goes down the escalator, and I get down the escalator. And then all of a sudden, I see in the distance his head moving very quickly and bobbing up and down, and guys chasing after him. Oh, jeez. So he ran out of the store with it, ran into the parking lot. I guess they caught him. <laughs> and as I was walking out into the parking lot, they were walking toward me with him and said to me, is he with you? And I was like, nope, never seen him before in my life. <laughs> And kept going. Well, when they took him back, they showed him the video footage of him stealing it. Mm -hmm. And then they showed him talking to me. (laughs) Well, I'm glad they didn't grab me because, I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't do anything. You were an accessory. Accessory? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that, it's not like I tackled them and (laughs) to prevent them from getting to him. Yeah, there were some pretty, you know, kids that age. Adults, that's a different story. I don't know. I didn't have a shoplifting face. You never shoplifted. Piece of candy, anything? I mean, probably, like, I remember my mom telling me that I took, like, a pair of, I don't know, like, earrings or a necklace or something when I was little because I thought, you know, it was sparkly and I thought it was pretty and she didn't see me grab it in my stroller. Oh. (laughs) It was not. I'm glad you were formed since then. (laughs) Yeah, I did a lot of bad things as a kid. Yeah, I mean, I had friends that did that in middle school a lot, and it just never seemed worth it. (laughs) I only got caught once. Out of all these times, I got caught putting some magazines into my shirt at 7-Eleven. Magazines? There was, like, Mad Magazine and Cracked, and maybe it was a comic book in there or something. Lame. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, it wasn't quite the heist that you were (laughs) wanting to get turned on by, but... (laughs) I mean, how much are magazines? You know what's funny is I had a lot of money on me at the time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, well, one of the workers here. walked up to me, and I don't even think I was walking out yet, and she said, what do you have there? And I knew I was busted, so I just gave him back to her, and she let me go. <laughs> and I had, yeah, I think I had like 20 bucks in my pocket that I could have said, I can pay for these. I'm just holding them this way. Here's the money. <laughs> I'm just holding them in my I, I think I, I think I forgot that I had money on me. <laughs> I was so used to taking things. That was the only time I ever got caught. Well, now I'm really regretting co-signing our lease. <laughs> and my library card. <laughs> 
We're back at Wally's. Oh, before we go there, Ted says that he's, you know, good luck with the interview tomorrow. He's sure they'll knock him dead. And then Lily comes in. I'll be spying on you guys. Right. So we actually, we skipped over that where Lily agreed that she's going to go to GNB and kind of keep an eye during the interview, make sure that nothing Pretend she's there to have lunch with Marshall. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, immediately tells on herself. We're at Wally's, or Walleyes, rather. And Robin notices the sign saying, I'm drinking till I forget the 1999 NFC Championship. And Marshall explains that's where the Vikings were about to go to the Super Bowl, and then someone shanked a field goal. The kicker who hadn't missed all year, which, that's got to be a heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. And then he slams his fist on the table, which becomes a running gag. Right, and so when he does that, the bartender asks <laughs> immediately, 99 NFC Championship game? And then also does his own. I gotta Damn, Im- bam. I gotta imagine Minnesota Vikings have had bigger heartbreaks than losing a championship game, but... Okay. I don't know. That close to the Super Bowl? It's yeah, but it's a, yeah, but it's a playoff game. It's not even the Super Bowl. You know, you think... Yeah, that would be worse. I mean, did they... Have they not had any Super Bowl appearances since 99? Maybe I don't that's know. the thing. Or between, you know, 99 and 2009. Yeah, I'd say certainly from 99, they haven't been back to the Super Bowl. So... Okay. So. Not that I can remember. Marshall tells, goes on to tell the story that his dad, who had, he had never seen cry in his whole life, wiped away a tear, and he said, a little part of me just died, son. <laughs> Robin's impressed by this sort of dedication to their football team and starts talking about how in Canada on hockey night, and then she gets aggressively shushed by Marshall. Apparently, he doesn't want anyone to know she's not from Minnesota. Yeah, and it's interesting that he didn't bring that up initially. Right. There's a lot of things that you would have thought he would have done initially, like take her to the Canadian bar first. Maybe he had to Google it. Maybe he didn't know it was a thing yet. Maybe he did it just because he felt bad. Could be. And so Robin's confused, um, isn't sure what's going to happen if they find out she's from Canada, and then we see somebody who apparently is from Dallas getting carried out by the bartender (laughs) like a baby. And the guy is saying, it's weird, but there's something comforting about being carried like this. And then I thought that was a good ad. <laughs> right. They kick him out and everybody cheers. And then we get comments from a random customer. I looked on IMDb. They gave him a name, although they never call it too. Although they never call him by it during the, this episode, but his name is George. And it's played by an actor named Eric Bruscotter. And I've seen him in a lot of things over the years. He's never really hit it as a movie or as a big TV actor, never had a show of his own, but... He was in the movie Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. He was on an episode of 90210. He was on a few episodes of Glee. So he, he gets around a lot. He's very recognizable. Hmm. Yeah, he always, usually plays like a big, tough guy. He asks Robin where she's from, and I guess only thinking of the beer she has in front of her, she <laughs> right? says, Bemidji. You know, I have family from Minnesota, and that's still in Minnesota. My mom was from born Bemidji. and raised in Minnesota. I don't think I've ever heard of the town Bemidji until this episode. Really? Yeah. I think I had heard of it, but I don't know why. We're out on the New York City streets. We got Ted, Lily, and Heather walking together. It's. I thought this was them walking back from dinner, but it's not. It's not the same night. Yeah, we get the narrator saying he's going to jump ahead a couple of days. Heather sees a briefcase in a window. She says it's pretty sweet. I like how Ted points out, well, those are pretty sweet security cameras, too. And, and another one, and a guard. It's a little ridiculous, but right. I kind of like this, and... 
she's going to go in there to take a look at it. <laughs> He's just being so fatherly mm-hmm. or paternalistic towards her. He says, that door's a push, not a pull. There you go. We get a <laughs> right. few of these from him. and I, right. I, It just plays well. I'm not sure why I like it so much. It's... I actually didn't love these because we actually don't get the sense that Heather's dumb. Just as, yeah, she's made some bad choices. In some of the scenes, the way she acts it, she seems almost childlike. Hmm. Like when she comes out and she says, you know, it's too expensive. You were right. She just seems like a teenager when she says it. Okay. So I don't, yeah, I don't track her as being dumb. But it's also Ted and he's a protective older brother. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the dynamic. He's acting very dad in this. Lily, he's thanking Lily for looking after her, and she starts acting acting really strangely, kind of going back and forth (laughs) on herself. She reminds me a lot of Randy when he's getting ready to hit on the girl. He's like, well, are they they even that good looking? Yes, they're that good looking. When he's talking to himself, that's kind of what she's doing here. And I feel like we get this from Barney on occasion, too. Like, I'll never tell, or, yeah, I'm going to tell. No, I never will. Like, yo. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a very similar... I have a secret. No, I don't. Nothing happened. Something happened. She replays that she went to say hi to Marshall for a few minutes, and when she came back, we see Barney and Heather getting redressed in his office. And then she, you know, we get an oh my God from her. He says, before you say or do anything, I beg you one favor. We think he's going to ask her not to tell Ted. But instead... <laughs> he asked her to get off his shirt. It's Prada. And at that point, he's clearly not concerned about Ted finding out, which should have been a clue to us, but it, it wasn't. I'm sure everyone who watches this the first time right. thinks this is really going on. Right. Ted's now vindicated. He knew she was irresponsible, and now you know, he's been proven right. Lily begs him not to say anything to Heather. Heather returns. Yeah, she can't afford the briefcase, and we get the, as you, you said. You were right. Right. And Ted, you know, very smugly, I certainly was, obviously talking about the sex. Yeah, and Lily says, you know, that's responsible. She didn't buy anything. There's almost no way she had sex with anyone in there. <laughs> I didn't really like that line. I thought it was kind of weird. She's going too overboard trying to take Heather's side here. I thought it was kind of funny. We're back at the walleye. Marshall comes in. Robin's regaling everyone with the same story that Marshall told her. Right. And, and so we get the contrast of when he came in the first time with Robin, everybody, you know, stopped and said hello, and now everyone's ignoring him and just focusing on Robin. Yeah, they're they're actually in sort of a circle around here around they're actually in sort of a circle around her as she's repeating Marshall's story. And the I think the funny part here is whenever they talk about missing the field goal, everyone says damn and she's always late on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the, the frustrated look on her face that she can't get it right. <laughs> And she accidentally says son, because she's repeating Marshall's story. And when called out on it, she says if she's ever lucky, this is what she's going to tell her son, if she's lucky enough to have a son and name him. And she sees Rashad Tarkenton's picture on the wall and uses that name. (laughs) Marshall then calls her out on this. Yeah, Marshall's a little annoyed, but Robin doesn't understand, but he feels like she's trying to steal his bar, which is weird. I don't know why. She can't have the bar, too. I guess maybe since she's not actually from Minnesota. Yeah, that's why this story doesn't work that well for me. It's just there's a lot of stretches in character here. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can see him being a little annoyed if, you know, 
if he's used to being greeted in a certain way and then to find out that Robin's telling his story. And like, it's a bar we've never seen him go f- to before and never mentioned. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's why I'm a little funny about this episode. And she, you know, she defends herself. Let me start over. She defends herself, tells him to get out. Right, and the bartender asks if she's Canadian. We never hear her talk this Canadian except for that one time when she was drunk in that flashback. <laughs> right. So it's just convenient for the script. And then I, mean, I feel like there's certain words that she says throughout the series. She says sorry, but actually they say that in Minnesota too. Yeah. That's sort of a northern Midwestern thing. So then as we soon can as she go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say just as soon as she denies it, the bartender immediately jumps into a a Canada joke. Which we hear a few of all with the same theme. <laughs> if you want to impersonate a Canadian, just turn off the lights and get all scared. It's not very well-crafted jokes <laughs> that they're telling you, but I think that's sort of the point. Right. We get one of those with changing a light bulb. Right. So Robin's very confused, and Marshall lets her in on <laughs> the theme that Minnesotans make fun of Canadians because they're afraid of the dark. And that's, yeah, then Marshall tells the light bulb joke. And he uses this to try to motivate Robin to leave. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, people here make fun of Canadians. You shouldn't be here. Right. And sort of funny at the end when he says, so I'll walk you out. <laughs> <laughs> Since people here are belittling, belittling your beloved homeland. Right. So Robin decides instead to make an announcement. She wants to tell them something you, about the people of Canada. Yeah, you think she's going to tell them off. Yeah. But instead. <laughs> Go ahead. Instead, she tells a Canadian lights-out joke, which is as lame as the other ones, but everyone loves it. Right. And she, she just looks at Marsh and says, I love it here. <laughs> we're back at McLaren's. And I was coming through the room as you were watching the scene, and you didn't enjoy it as much as I did. All Barney's commentary, them really trying to egg mm-hmm. yeah, I thought on. it was funny. It wasn't laugh-out-loud funny for me, but I did enjoy it. I guess that's the same. I thought it was really clever, and I'm sure the first few times I saw it, I was laughing out loud. But Barney's saying encouraging things like, you're certainly, a lot of innuendo. You're certainly right. made it clear you're willing to take any position. And through this, Lily's interspersing with <laughs> like commentary about the coasters just trying desperately to change the subject. Yeah, nothing gives Barney more pleasure than filling an opening. Yeah. Heather joins in, you know, she's willing to bend over backwards. <laughs> Ted bursts. Barney points out that Lily blabbed. Lily tries to escape. I think Ted pulls her back in. <laughs> yeah. And Ted then lectures Heather that, that she claims she's mature and responsible now. But yet she had a big job interview in New York City and nailed a total stranger. She's always been immature and irresponsible. She always will be. And he wouldn't co-sign a library card for her, let alone Elise. I thought that was Mm well-written. It wasn't funny, but it was well-written. And then they fess up to Ted. This was all set up. Basically, we get a flashback of them preparing for Lily to come in by stripping down some of their clothes and messing up their hair. Mm-hmm. This seemed like a whole lot of work to teach Ted a lesson. It yeah. doesn't really go anywhere. And that's what I was just looking at. I was like, was there a, a broader point to this? I guess it was, you know, you should trust us. And, you know, she, Barney, or she's saying you deserved it. Or is Barney saying that? Barney says you deserve this. I mean, he's no saint, and yes, there's that time he drove his mother to the airport. 
There's a sexually charged moment there. And then we get a lecture from Heather that he missed the fact that she grew up. Well, it's been eight months since you were arrested, so I, I don't know. <laughs> Although maybe being arrested for shoplifting is not a child thing, but could be an adult thing, as Lily points out. And then Barney says that him and Virginia kissed. <laughs> right. He has sort of a funny look on his face when he says it. <laughs> Rebecca Walleyes, Robin's playing, what is it? I already forgot the name of it, Fisherman's Quarterly or Fisherman's... Quest? Quest, yes. Thank you. Fisherman's Quest. Fisherman's Quarterly? <laughs> it's a magazine that I subscribe <laughs> to because I'm very outdoorsy. <laughs> so the, the, I've been on a binge of True Crime Obsessed lately, and so they were just talking about one that had something to do with fishing, and so like both of the hosts are very like much New Yorkers, not outdoorsy at all, and Patrick described fishing as putting a rope in the water. <laughs> and it made me laugh a lot. <laughs> So that just reminded me of this. <laughs> so everyone again is gathered around Robin, who's really killing it at FQ. And she breaks the new record by using a fish to catch another fish. Yep. And as soon as Marshall finds out that she now has the high score, he just I starts I really screaming. love his response. <laughs> She's Canadian! <laughs> Robin's Canadian! So She's so Canadian! <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the choice they made here for him to do it and mm-hmm. deliver it in that way. Yeah, it's very funny. She tries to deny it, but then he quizzes her on the 99 NFC Championship game. She doesn't know the guy's name. It's Gary Anderson. I remember that. Now that I say that out loud, I remember Gary Anderson as a kicker. Uh, I don't remember him. So the jig is up. Right. So Robin is asked to leave. She's glad that they found out. <laughs> Yeah, so then she does go on a pretty long monologue about, you know, why being Canadian's awesome. Yeah, they invent Trivial Pursuit. You're welcome, Earth. <laughs> they, they have all-nude strip clubs where you can order alcohol. That's, that's a real thing here where if they're all-nude, you can't have alcohol. I did not know that. But there is a strip club in Baltimore where it's BYOB. Hmm. It's all-nude, but you can bring your alcohol in with you. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I went there on a bachelor party once in my 20s. It was not a good strip club. (laughs) (laughs) She makes a comment about watching some coal miner's daughter strip down to her pelt. Now, is pelt a euphemism? Yes. Okay. She does mention that, you know, in Canada, people don't care where you're from as long as you're friendly and maybe hand over a donut, which will come back around very shortly. Mm -hmm. We're at the apartment. Wait, so... Oh, yeah. the the last line. Yeah, and so then she you know points out that you know Canadians are not afraid of the dark. I mean, we don't love it, but who does? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're back at the apartment. Heather's opening her suitcase because she's going to leave, and there's a gift inside. And we get another thing from Ted. Look inside. It's the briefcase, and he says, "You just if you push towards the not down towards the middle." Again, he's <laughs> dadding her on getting this open. Mm-hmm. And he signed the lease. He did it because he wants to get to know her, the new her. Okay, and he has to give her advice. About, yeah, getting a deadbolt for that neighborhood if, he wants, if she wants to live. Well, she, he starts with, you should get a good solid deadbolt for the door. If you want to live. <laughs> <laughs> and we never saw her again. Yes! So he signs this lease. She lives in New York and, yeah, 
just disappears off the face of the sitcom. Maybe she didn't get that deadbolt and was killed. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Actually, they do... They reference her at... at the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to quiz you on that, but that would have been too easy. Right. Because Barty goes, hey, Heather's sister. And he goes to run to tell her that... Robin cried, even though it was I think him. he actually refers to it as Ted's hot sister. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I said Robin's sister. Oops. Yeah. So we're on the stoop. Robin's eating ice cream and Marshall's <laughs> drinking a slushie. So <laughs> clearly still not affected by the cold. Yeah. I was wondering if you noticed that. Yeah. She apologizes for trying to take his place from him or share it with him even. Yeah. She just points out, you know, she's... She always gets homesick at the holidays, and it's even harder this year because she doesn't have any reason to really be in New York. She no boyfriend. Job. Yeah, she's not in a relationship. It's just, you know, it's hard right now. Marshall Lexer says back that if she went away to Canada, they'd go get her. It's not New York without Robin Trubatsky. Right. So Robin just, you know, wishes she could be back in Canada for a little bit. And this is where we get <laughs> Marshall introducing her to the hoser hut. They walk in, it's a Canadian bar, and someone's singing karaoke. Did you recognize what they were singing? <laughs> Crash test dummies. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy singing is terrible. Mm-hmm. He's no Foreskins band member. No, definitely not. And so. Robin tests whether this really feels like home. She bumps into a stranger, and he says, Well, sorry there, didn't see you. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, have a donut on the hoose. On the hoose. <laughs> good. <laughs> I love it so much. So yes, Robin decides this is just like home, and then Marshall accidentally bumps the light switch. Which apparently turns off every light in the entire <laughs> bar. And everybody freaks out. And Marshall's like, it, it's gonna be fine. And then Robin points out, no one likes the dark. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. And then they, go to, really they go to break commercial and come back with Marshall singing karaoke, and it is... Let's go to the mall. <laughs> to the mall. <laughs> Which is a fun, a fun ending. I really liked it. So yeah, this last scene is just, it's, it's just cold the whole way through. Oh yeah. What do you think I ranked this? Oh no, I didn't get my list. Go get it. I'm going to aim high and say 32. Way, way, way off. <laughs> I have but it, it was at, so good. I have it at 102. Are you insane? This no. was a great episode. I thought it was a good episode. Try a great episode. One, I don't. My page doesn't even go to 102. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I should have warned you. That that would have been a giveaway. But wow. So you know, it's a couple behind Lucky Penny, which I like better than this. I like Third Wheel better than this. I like Goodness Ted Mosby Architect sakes. better than this. This is the second lowest ranked for this season that I have. Justice for Little Minnesota. And we haven't yet covered the one that's ranked worse than this. Wow. I am deeply disappointed in this rating system. Mm-hmm. Well, I never am excited to see this episode. There's not very many things we repeat from it. Maybe the thing about Canadians being scared of the dark, maybe? We've maybe. said that? Every once in a while. And the only thing I really laughed out loud in this episode four was, I think, any time I watched it was the songs by Barney. Yeah, you think that would have boosted it a little more? It did. It so boosted creative. it to 102. <laughs> yeah, I don't take away points for bad jokes, so this did very well in the non-bad joke category, but that mm-hmm. didn't boost it. It just... 
it was just enjoyable. But I, I don't think this was a great episode. Hmm. Okay. Obviously, my favorite joke was Barney's Heather Holiday songs. What about you? Same. I think my least favorite was probably the mention of Prince. Okay. At first, I put the Lily with a briefcase and didn't sleep with anybody line about Heather. Oh, really? Uh, in the briefcase store or whatever that store was. But I think on the reread, the rerun through, it's the Prince comment. Yeah, if I had to pick one, it would actually be that second when like Heather's trying to open the briefcase and Ted's oh, I like trying that. to guide her through that. I like that. <laughs> so. But it was it was a reach to say that was my least favorite. I don't have anything else to share on this. Do you want to go ahead and just tell people where to find us? Yes, you can find us at RunkleRecaps.com, on Twitter at RunkleRecaps, on Instagram, underscore, how I met your podcast, underscore. Oh, and I tweeted out the joke that you texted me the other day, but if you want to <laughs> say it, I thought it was pretty funny. About the rocket. <laughs> About the rocket. Bezos' rocket. What's that? Bezos' rocket. Oh, yes. <laughs> you tweeted that? I did. Oh, good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jeff Bezos recently went into space. I mean, he was in space for like seven seconds. But <laughs> nevertheless, it was you know one of those billionaire trips to space that we're seeing a lot more of now. And his spaceship, I made a comment that it must have been designed by him and Druthers because <laughs> it, it really looks like a penis. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> That's a penis. <laughs> I'm not building that. Hats off to your lady friends. Yeah, hats off. so hats off <laughs> to Jeff Bezos' lady friends. I wonder if he has a lady friend. He's divorced now. We got another review, although I think it was just Danielle again, improving from her last review on Apple Podcasts. She moved us up from four stars to five. She yes, said, five stars. She said that she only did four stars as a response to me giving us a low rating on my own rating scale. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I hope Apple Podcasts is working well for everyone else. It's been complete garbage for me lately, so I've had to switch over to Spotify. Mm. So if you are still able to use Apple Podcasts, shoot us a quick review or rating. We've been asked that in a while. I need to get going because I got a new issue of Fisherman's Quarterly. I want to go read that. So next week we'll be back with everybody for Benefits. Benefits is the one where Ted and Robin start sleeping with each other again to so that they can get along better as roommates. Okay. I I don't remember liking that episode so much. Yeah, I don't remember much about it, so yeah, we'll see. But after that, we got Three Days of Snow. That's a really good one. Yeah. The Past Simple Bowl is pretty good. Yes. And then the Stinsons is pretty good. Yes. And then we get two Sorry, bro. of the best. <laughs> Sorry, bro, and the front porch, oh, where we man. get Karen coming in. We're going to be on quite a streak. We go down a little bit with old King Clancy. Murtaugh. Yeah, Murtaugh's great coming up. We got a lot of really good ones coming up. Nice. We got the three day rule. Three Days Rule is a really good one, where Barney and Marshall are catfishing Ted with their texts. Oh, I couldn't think of what that was. That one is good. Okay. All right. It's going to be a great season. We're going on vacation next week, but we'll be able to podcast before we go, so I don't think we'll miss a beat. But if we happen to, hope you're all having a good week. Yeah, this will post before we leave, so take care, everyone. Bye.